let me ask you, do you move well, eat well, and sleep well? Do you feel that modern medicine is looking out for your best interest? Do you know how to take care of your body so you can stay pain-free and in the activities you love? Do you know what options you have? If not, that's a problem, and this podcast is the answer. I'm Trevor Folker, and welcome to the Green Bay Health Project Podcast. The Green Bay Health Project Podcast is sponsored by Movement, Performance, and Rehabilitation, where we help the athletes and active adults move better, perform better, stay pain-free, and in the sports and activities that they love. We do this by focusing on their movements and optimizing their mobility, stability, and strength. Your body is your greatest tool, and when you move better, you feel better, and you thrive. So head to movementgb.com, that's mvmtgb.com, to learn how we can help you stay active and pain-free for life. What's going on, guys? It's Trevor with the Green Bay Health Project Podcast. And today we are sitting down. I'm actually really looking forward to this conversation, and I'll tell you why. But we're joined by Susan Frazier of Dream Against Sleep. Um, She is a certified sleep consultant helping parents help their kids get to sleep. Um, We have a a four-and-a-half-month-old, so I'm really looking forward to picking your brain a little bit. but we can get there when the time comes. <laughs> but I appreciate your time. I know we had some technical stuff going on in the back end, so I appreciate your patience. You appreciate bet. Your time. And uh, why don't you tell us a little more about yourself and Dream Again Sleep there, Susan. Yeah, so I have uh, three kiddos myself. They are now six, eight, and 10 years old, so I am thankfully out of the baby and toddler stage, but I so vividly remember uh, those early days. And I got into this field because just like many other people, I did not have naturally good sleepers. My first one, especially, uh, that was a beast. That was so incredibly hard. Um, I remember preparing so much for babyhood when I was pregnant with her of getting the perfect nursery, all of this stuff. Uh, And then she arrives and I had no idea how difficult newborn sleep could be. Uh, I had no idea what chronic sleep deprivation would feel like. I always enjoy getting my eight, nine hours of sleep a night and to not sleep consistently uh, for months on end, I had no idea what that would be like. and I always thought, all right, things are going to improve on their own. She'll get bigger, she'll gain weight, things will get better on their own. And they just didn't. Uh, it was such a sinking feeling to be so tired during the day. And then you go to bed at night and you know it's not going to be a restful sleep. And it is a very daunting feeling uh, to not know when your next full sleep was going to be. Um, she was such a light sleeper we would have to do like we put her to sleep we'd be rocking her and then we lived in an old house at the time so you'd be like slithering across the floor and the floorboard would squeak and you'd have to start all over again and you'd finally get her in and she was addicted to her pacifier so we'd be putting that in her mouth every it felt like 12 seconds throughout the night just to keep her keep her asleep and um eventually by the time she was six months old we figured all right something has to change i was trying to work part-time we weren't sleeping at night she was up early in the morning naps were unpredictable um so i said all right something 
has to change. Life is not sustainable that way. So um, I started a sleep training program with her and within days, life had 100% changed. She was going to bed at 6.30 at night. I was having evenings with my husband. She was sleeping all night. Uh, naps were predictable th- uh, during the day. And it, why had we started this sooner? It was yeah. an amazing transformation um, that we could actually teach our children to sleep well at night. It was incredible. So fast forward two more kiddos. Um, and I would like to say I did everything perfectly with the next two kiddos, but that's not real life at all. And uh, they were better sleepers to begin, but that four-month sleep regression that I guarantee you are experiencing right now, uh, it was a beast, and it set them back, and they both were uh, up, you know, five, six times a night again, but I did the same sleep training program with them, uh, got them to a way better place, and kids are still kids, there's still the hard nights, there's still sickness, there's still regressions. Uh, so once you fix sleep once when they're little doesn't mean it's perfect, you know, the rest of their lives, but we were on uh, a way better path. And I, I was hooked on sleep. I loved learning about it. I spent hours reading books, reading articles. Um, I was realized I was way more fascinated in sleep than the general population. I loved it way more. Uh, I loved answering questions for other friends and parents, um, and I knew this was something that I wanted to pursue. And I also wanted to be home with my kids and be fully present for them. I was a stay-at-home mom then at the time. So uh, when my youngest then started preschool, I completed a certification program. It's a sleep sense, sleep coach certification program. Okay. So I completed that, uh, and I finished that about two years ago. Two years ago in January, I was certified, and. Uh, I've been going strong ever since, helping families uh, get their kiddos to sleep better. Uh, and it is an absolute joy. I absolutely love what I do every single day, just getting to see the transformation of families when kids are sleeping uh, and just for the mental health of parents, for relationships, for jobs. It is it is an absolute blessing to be able to help families. I bet. <laughs> um, yes. Because it's not fun not no, it's not. it's not. It's not like I, I feel bad for us. I feel bad for our, our son. Like he's, we were, we hit a good routine and then everybody got sick and that really yep. threw everything off. And now it's been yep. almost impossible getting him back into a routine. It's like we, we have a nighttime routine. We put him in his crib. We put him down immediately, like starts to cry. And yep. It's like that all night, <laughs> um, yep. but it's last, I think even just last night, we got him to sleep in his crib for 20 minutes and it was like, oh my goodness, it is so quiet. This is so nice. <laughs> Let's just sit here. Um, but it's, oh God. yeah, I have questions. So good for you for figuring <laughs> it out. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy for you. And it really only took. Like, was it really three days that you started to see like big change in your own kids? Oh, a hundred percent. It is the, when we started this, I thought this is the hardest thing we're ever doing because there's crying. I mean, we're not doing cry it out. We're not just leaving them and walking away, but there is crying involved in it. When we started this with my own very own kids, I remember thinking this is so hard. But then literally three days later, I said to myself, why did I not do this sooner? The change and the transformation, it it was absolutely incredible, and it is my absolute favorite part when parents see that shift. It's not always three days. Sometimes it's five sure, days, but it's right. 
we need with if we don't see major change within a week we're doing something wrong so this is not a long drown out process with crying that lasts forever it is oh it's incredible it sounds too good to be true. I'm not going to lie. It does. That's what every parent says. Most parents are very skeptical when they start working with me because they think there's no way my child could do that. You don't you don't truly know how yeah. bad things are, but no, nope, they do. It's awesome. Oh, man. That's cool. So I think the first thing I want to ask is, uh, oh, man, I have a lot of questions. Um, let's, I want to know what it looks like when somebody comes to you and wants to start working with you. Can you walk us through yep. that process first? For sure. So I always start with, it's a free 15 minute phone call. We just need to see, uh, I need to see what your, their family's going through here from the, mostly it's the mom, not always. I get a lot of dads on the phone too. See what the issues are. Uh, see what the parents' goals are. Everyone has different goals. Not all parents actually want to sleep through the night. Some are happy with one or two, you know, wake up still. Um, make sure that we are compatible. Make sure, I mean, we when we work together, we talk every single day. We have to make sure we like each other and that our personalities For match sure. and that. Um, and so we talk about what the process, what to expect, and if they decide, yep, this is for me, uh, the parent would then fill out a decently long questionnaire. I need to see what's going on at night, during the days, how you approach things, what their feedings are like. Um, I'm looking for any red flags that could be popped up, um, of any health issues that could be going on. Um, and then after that, I create your personalized sleep plan, and it is, it's decently long, but it steps, goes through step-by-step what to do every situation how to put your child down for nap how to put them down for bedtime what they do when they what to do when they cry how to respond the night wake-ups the early mornings the whole shebang and then from there uh, we have a 60 to 90 minute ish uh, zoom call where we go over go over the plan, make sure you understand anything or everything on there answer questions uh, make any changes that you feel like you should be making and then you pick a start date uh, for your plan and then for infants, uh, it's generally two weeks that we work together. Toddlers, uh, generally three weeks because they take a little bit longer. Um, and you're working on the plan. We are texting daily through like a messenger service. You're logging all of the sleep. Um, I offer unlimited phone calls, emails, and text message support. So we are talking all the time as much as you need, gauging progress, uh, troubleshooting, Weird things always pop up during the middle of this. Something your child does something that we don't necessarily anticipate, so we troubleshoot through that, um, and then we celebrate the changes because you will be seeing some major changes, and you better believe uh, that we celebrate those changes. <laughs> yeah, that's real. I yeah. feel just as excited when you get that first super long stretch or the first sleep through the night. I, I truly am celebrating. <laughs> you. It's really, it's really awesome to see. Yeah. Um, and if by the end of the two or three weeks, if your goals haven't been met, but if we're we're truly working on this, then we just keep going. I don't cut people off at, you know, your time is up. So sure. we just keep going. Um, yeah. And we see those awesome, those awesome changes being made. Nice. That's really cool. Um, off of that, you said, so how, what age do you, would you recommend starting? Yep. So I offer newborns through eight years old okay. um but what how we approach things is very different so yeah. for the newborns we are just setting a sleep foundation it's not sleep training by any means so 
or figuring out um, how often to feed, uh, just the bedtime routine, setting the stage, just gently introducing uh, some independent sleep skills at the parent's own pace, nothing strict whatsoever. Um, my formal sleep training plans start at four months. Um, basically, we want that four month sleep progression to have already happened. So somewhere around, and I can go into if you want to more about what that is. Um, but four months is the minimum. I don't love the four month age because there is so much change going on with babies at that stage that it can be very tricky. Sure. Um, but sometimes sleep is so terrible that parents can't wait. They don't have the capacity to wait another month until their child's development has kind of simmered down a little bit. Mm -hmm. So definitely will work with the four, uh, four month olds, um, up through, up through when they're really much older. Wow. Yeah. Um, can you talk through the regression a little bit? Yes. So it's huge. This is, this is, I remember when I think I was pregnant with my second one, I found out I was pregnant. I was like, oh my goodness, with the four month sleep regression, like that was already on my mind. Uh, so basically without going too much into detail, newborn zero to three months, they only have two stages of sleep. They have uh, deep sleep, like a very still quiet deep sleep, and they have active sleep. And the active sleep is very easy to recognize in newborns. Uh, you'll see their eyes flutter. A lot of times their eyelids will go up, they're jerking, they're groaning, uh, they're grunting, they're making lots of noises. Mm -hmm. So, But those are two very deep stages of sleep. So as they transition through those, they just keep sleeping. And then they wake up, time to eat, you feed them, they fall back asleep, uh, and they're still in a deep sleep. But come four months, the brain fundamentally changes how it sleeps and the structure of sleep changes. So babies at four months and over will now have four stages of sleep. And for the first time in their lives, they will be experiencing light sleep. Babies have never, newborns have never experienced light sleep until this point. So now we have the stage one of sleep where baby's eyes can actually still be open, which is pretty crazy. It's a super light beginning stage we of sleep. We have that. It's creepy. Yes, yes. Uh, and stage two of sleep, which is a little bit deeper, but they are very easily woken. And as your baby will transfer or go around and complete all of these stages of sleep, they will wake up between cycles. So five to six times per night or more, your child will either partially or fully wake as they transition through these sleep cycles. And this is 100% normal. It is normal for bigger babies. It is normal for toddlers, children, adults. Everyone naturally wakes five to six times per night as they transition through their sleep cycles. They complete one cycle, they start another, they naturally wake it. The difference with adults or children with independent sleep skills is we quickly turn over, adjust our pillow, fix our blanket, go back to sleep so quickly that we don't even realize that we woke up. With babies at four months, since this is such a big change for them, if they do not have independent sleep skills, if they're relying on being fed to go to sleep, to go to sleep if they're relying on a parent coming in and rocking them to sleep every time they naturally wake during those sleep cycles at night the parent is going to need to come in and repeat that all through the night they don't know how to connect their sleep cycles without a parent doing something to help them get through so that this four-month regression it's actually a terrible name because it's a progression their brain has changed it's adjusted for what it's going to be like in the future um, and it never goes back. So a yeah. lot of times regressions are like, oh, it'll last for two weeks and then they'll go back to normal. There is right. no, 
this is the normal. Okay. That was going to be my question. Is like this, the, the whole yeah. regression name, like just makes it sound like it's going to end. Like you, you, yep. you have this period, you get through it and things get better, but really it's, it's just the, so the, the sleep cycles change and they just really have to learn how to cope with the new schedule. Yeah. So yes, to speak. exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Huh. Okay. Um, <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> like it I, does. It is brutal. such. It is such a hard phase. Whenever I talk to parents on the phone and they tell me about their eight and nine month old not sleeping well, I'll say, "Did this start at four months?" And they say, "Yes." And it all. It always. Yeah. That is, you can always pinpoint it back to four months when things go downhill. Yeah. Um, you also mentioned that you did not do the cry it out side of things. Um, but, Correct. But that yeah. obviously there's going to be crying involved. I can imagine like, yes. I'm genuinely curious what your thoughts are on the cry it out method. I know a lot of people use it. Yeah. I know it's hard. You know, it's, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's something that we've been messing around with a little bit and it's brutal. Yeah. I mean, to just hear your it kid is. just scream. Um, yep. So what are your thoughts on that? For sure. So first of all, let's define what cry it out actually is because so many people, doctors, like other perfect, like there's a, a confusion and they say cry it out, people automatically assume that means sleep training. Sleep training and cry it out are not the same thing. Hmm. So cry it out in its truest form is what it was created to be is you put your child to bed at night, you close the door and you do not come back in until morning. You do not check on them. You do not feed them. You do not support them by any, any reason whatsoever. Shut the door. You're done. Um, that is what cry it out theoretically means. And I do not teach that simply because it is too hard. It, no one wants to leave their child crying that long uh, at night. I do not necessarily think it is harmful when it is done in the context of a healthy child in a loving attached family. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think it is harmful and it works within like two, three days, you will have a great sleeper. So it works, but it does not feel good to a parent. No right. one likes to do that. Um, and because it doesn't feel good, parents are very likely to try it for half hour, an hour, two hours, and then they they can't handle anymore. Yeah. So they go in and they rescue their child. But all that does now is you just let your cry, child cry for two hours. Nothing good came out of right. it. And then the next time you try something, the crying is going to be even longer or harder. So it ends up working against families. Okay. Um, so that is what cried out is. Um, I use other, there's too much to go into the specific methods yeah, that I for do, sure. but I do methods where there is crying, but we're always checking. One of them I do is where you stay in the room with your child, you're helping them, you're supporting them, but you're not helping it and supporting them in the way that you used to. You're not feeding them to sleep anymore. You're not rocking to sleep. Instead, okay. you might just be patting them or giving them some reassuring, you know, voice messages. And then you're just slowly removing that support away day by day. Every three days, you'd move your chair a little farther mm. um, and you'd slowly remove the support. Sometimes it actually makes babies more angry because they, uh, they're they expecting you to rock them or feed yeah, them to sleep and you're not to get a little angry. So other times we do check-ins where you would leave the room for three minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes. There's no magic number, whatever you're comfortable with. You'd come in the room, give them a little pats, give them a little support, let them know that you're there, and then you would leave the room again. So you're doing constant check-ins, uh, pop in, pop outs to check on them. 
Hmm. And those generally work very, very well, those two methods for little hmm. kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. And I, I think, you know, we've been, I've looked things up and, you know, it's like, is it good to let a baby cry that long? Is it not? Is it harming them? Is it not harming them? But like, I just, personally, I think it hurts us worse. It's because it's like, it does. golly, it that does. poor kid. Yeah. It's, it's and they're tough. just expressing they're they're tired they want to sleep they don't know how uh, it's a lot of frustration and our calm moves on to them um so when, when we get all like we transfer that on to our yeah. children so it is we i always talk about crying with parents it is one of their biggest concerns and i never want anyone to feel like they can't bring that to me or talk how they're feeling about that crying with me um we will yeah we can definitely talk in depth about that that's no problem yeah does that like crying is not a bad thing, right? Like it's not. No, like no. Yeah. And we're always making sure that our, you, their their tummy is full. They're not wet. Mm -hmm. They're not. They're not in any physical pain. And we are always we're checking them. We're supporting them. We're just not doing it the way that they like. I always like yeah. to kind of compare to pretend you're driving on the highway and your kiddo is screaming in the car seat in the back seat. You're not going to take them out of the car seat to be in, in, on the highway. You can't do that. So how would you support them when you're in the front seat of the car and they're in the car seat? Well, you would sing to them. You would talk to them. You might like reach back and give them some pats. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly the same thing that we're doing. Okay. That's a good analogy because that's exactly what we do. If he's crying in the car, uh, yep. <laughs> it's just like, hey, man, what's going on? Like, we're right here. You're good. Let's hold your hand a little bit or something like that. Um, yes. And, and the, the crying is, yeah, the, it's so, the crying does not last forever. Sometimes parents will think they're going to cry all night and this is a, you know, a weeks long process. Like yeah. it, it cuts down so quickly. And if it does not, if I do not see measurable progress, like significant progress within three to five days, something is up and then we dig in farther to make changes because we should not be seen significant crying much longer okay. than that huh okay um now with the different ages and stages should there be yep. different landmarks that they're hitting in regards to how many naps how long are the naps how much sleep should they be getting at night like does that what does that look like as they age from like new yes. days like what what should parents expect um for that and like because i think that will help and i guess the follow-up question then would be um what if if we're not hitting that certain number when to know how to when to reach out for sleep training yep so most babies through toddlers need about 11 to 12 hours of sleep at night that does not actually change very much uh, through childhood it's 11 okay. to 12 hours sometimes you might have a 10 sometimes you might have a 12 and a half but it's generally around 11 to 12 that's a pretty good generality um, but then you have the naps during the day so um, I have all these charts on my website and blog so it's I'm not going to go through every yeah, stage of naps sure. but generally we have tons of naps at the beginning where they're sleeping every hour. So you have four, five, six naps. Um, generally, we like to get to two naps a day by seven, six, seven, eight months, somewhere around the day, around there. And then two naps stick around uh, until 
13, 14 months, and then we stick to one nap, and then the one nap holds on until around three, eight, age of three-ish. So uh, you will see your daytime sleep start to go down and condense into longer stretches of like just one or two naps as they get older. Okay. So I have charts. You come to my website, come to find me on Instagram, on Facebook and whatnot. There's charts. I'll send you charts. There's lots out there. Sure. I no, have that's... charts all over my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet. Um, are there any, so how important is the nighttime routine then? Like, I, I think, you know, we typically start ours. I'm just talking from us, um, like seven, seven, seven fifteen. We notice that he really starts to, um, wind down. So is there yeah. like a sweet spot of time? I think, you know, our goal is to have him asleep by, I don't know, seven thirty, seven forty-five, somewhere in there. Yep. Um, but is there a sweet spot that you should start a routine? Um, it, it varies based on when naps are in a family schedule. I always like bedtime to be generally around between 7 and 8 p.m. for that four-month age. And, uh, newborns right. tend to go to sleep a little bit eight, uh, later. Uh, but it truly is based off of when their last nap ended and how much daytime sleep that they're getting. But your timing that you described is generally pretty right on. Um, well, I like to have bedtime routines last about 30 minutes. Anything longer than that, you're kind of just dragging them out a little bit. Anything shorter than that, uh, sometimes it's not enough time for your baby to wind down and get ready for sleep. Okay. The important thing uh, with your bedtime routine is that it's repeatable. So generally the same, same steps every single night uh, in the same order, your child will begin to anticipate what's coming next and they'll anticipate that sleep is coming. Um, and the big one uh, of what I teach is what a lot of parents mess up is that they are putting their babies into their cribs already asleep. Um, and that causes all those wake ups 45 minutes after you put them down a lot of times or throughout the night. So uh, I always teach parents to, if you're doing the bedtime feed, which you are at this age, you do that at the beginning of your routine. So you um, might do it before your bath if they're having a hard time staying awake, or if, or if they're super awake, you can do the bath if, if you do a bath and then you would do the feed um, and then you would do the rest of your routine. That way you're putting your baby in their crib awake instead of asleep interesting yeah we, that is the key one yeah we are doing it wrong <laughs> it's so common because it's it's so it, when you're a newborn feeding your baby to sleep works every time mm -hmm. when they're a newborn putting your baby in their crib already asleep works every time because that sleep is deep and they can be transferred easily uh, but after that four month regression happens that sleep is light at the beginning they'll more easily wake up and you know they're going to be waking up in another 45 minutes an hour ish anyway because they're transitioning through sleep cycles so yeah. um if your baby falls asleep independently at bedtime, they can fall asleep independently then as they naturally wake during the night. So if you're having night, middle of the night wakings okay. to fix them, you actually go back to bedtime and you fix how they're falling asleep initially. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So then what, um, how awake is awake when you should put them down? Oh, yeah, that's an awesome question. Because remember, stage one of sleep, their eyes might still be open. Yeah. So, but they're actually technically sleeping. So the term drowsy but awake 
terrible advice for four months and over. Drowsy but awake is great for newborns. That's awesome. But okay. once your baby is four months and over, we want your baby awake. We don't want their eyes drooping. We don't want their eyes half closed. Huh. We don't want the heavy blinks. We want awake. We don't, you know, we want tired, ready for sleep, but your baby is awake going into that crib. They are fully conscious and aware that they are going into their crib and that they have to go to sleep on their own. Hmm. That's really good to clarify because we've heard the drowsy but awake type thing. You know, put your baby down. That's one of the biggest things we've heard is like, you know, wait till he's a little drowsy, if not like fluttering eyes, like just about yeah. to fall asleep, then put him down in his crib. Um, so that's really interesting to me, but it makes a lot of sense with how you explained it. Yeah, and that's again, that's perfect advice for newborns. Like, I, that right. is the great way to start with newborns. Uh, but once they get older, that's too asleep. Huh. That's uh, that's very very interesting. Um, I had another question, but it just slipped my mind. Um, oh yeah. How? So say you have a, a bad sleeper to start with. How it just important to? I mean, obviously, I, we you hear a lot about like adults needing sleep and getting a certain amount of hours, but. I can only imagine how important it is for babies and um, younger kids to get sleep just for development purposes. So yep. um, I, I guess, can you just speak on how important it is to get your baby into a good routine and a good night's sleep just for development yep. purposes? Yep. So we know how we feel. We're exhausted, right? It's yeah. just that feeling we can't remember things. We have a hard time learning things. We can get sick more like or more easily. It's the same thing for babies, but they're... They are learning even more. Their brains are nonstop. They're learning new skills. They're trying to figure out life. And that they do all of that when they're sleeping. That's what helps their their brain make the connections. Uh, they need that strong immune system. And sleep is what, what provides that. So um, think about how we feel when we're tired. That's what your baby is feeling as well. Even though they don't, they might not show it the exact same ways as we do. Um, but if you're tired from being up all night and it's affecting you, it's affecting your baby as well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And I just, I honestly can't get over the whole, like, we should see something in three to five days. Like, to me, it's like, are you kidding me? Like, that would be amazing. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like, selfishly for us, I'm, I'm like, it's great for, it'd be great for him and babies, but shoot, we're tired too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, There's no need to wait on so many people are like, oh, I need to find that perfect time. We right. have all this, but like we can, we can start soon and you'll see the improvement. And then you're like, oh my goodness, why, why did I wait so long? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you've mentioned resources. Can you, where can people go to contact you? Um, I mean, yes. you've alluded to social media website. Um, what does that look like? And I'll be sure to, uh, put that everywhere as well so people can just awesome. click on it. But um, what's the best way to contact you and what types of resources do you have on social's website? Yeah, so um, my website is a great place to start, dreamagainsleep.com. Um, I have a blog there with lots of free resources. Um, I have a pop-up that right now I believe is an early, a free early wakings guide. Um, I have a free newborn guide to preview available. Um, I just did yesterday a toddler workshop. It was an hour long, me going through everything for toddler sleep, and that was free. Um, 
if you're interested in that, just send me a message and I will send you the recording or anyone yeah. the recording for that as well. Um, Instagram, my handle is at dream again, sleep, tons of good stuff on there. Um, always posting new things. I'm always changing up my freebies and whatnot. And sure. if you ask a specific question, I'll point you to my blog that I talk about that, or I'll write the blog for you if I don't have a topic. <laughs> on that yet. Um, but yeah. Cool. And good stuff available. Perfect. And if they wanted to contact you, is going through the website the best way? Yeah, either website, email's great. I check everything. Okay. Uh, just never, never be afraid to ask questions. This sleep training and being committed to this is a really big deal. And it's very emotional for a lot of parents, which I sleep is strangely emotional. Yeah. Um, so I always want parents to feel that they can ask as many questions as they want. This is when we chat, I promise with all my heart, I'm not trying to sell you anything. Mm -hmm. I will be clear about what to expect. Um, but you need to feel that this is right for your family. So I welcome any and all questions. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, is there anything that we haven't covered that you want people to know about any information, anything about how you operate, um, anything you provide or anything like that? I think just the main message I want to tell parents is that if you are not happy with your sleep situation, if something is not working for you, we can change it. You do not need to be at the mercy of just waiting for your child to figure it out themselves because that could honestly take years. Um, if you are not happy with the way things are, we can change it. That being said, if you are happy with the way sleep is going in your family, even if it's different than what I might say is the perfect way or what other people say they do, if you're happy, don't change anything. This is all about what works for your family, what you are content with. If you are happy in your parenting and the way your child is sleeping, great. No need to change anything. But if not, we can definitely change it. And then it's never too late to fix sleep mm. problems. I've had four, five, six-year-olds. Um, there are older ones as well that are still struggling. It is not too late. You don't get to a point you're like, oh, guess we're stuck like this forever. You can always make changes. Yeah. No, that's a good point. I like that. Because I think some people probably do think like, oh, hey, we missed our window of opportunity. Uh, can't do anything about it now. So that's and it does it does get harder live sure. toddlers especially <laughs> they're just ingrained habits that have been there for longer but sure. still completely fixable yeah that makes a ton of sense that makes a ton of sense awesome well i really appreciate your time this was a ton of info it was <laughs> i agree <laughs> i have so much to say always <laughs> I, that's the thing and that's but that's what's fun and like it it was good. So truly, like, thank you for your time. We really, yeah, thank really you appreciate for it. And, um, like I said, for everybody listening, we'll be sure to put every like website, Instagram handle, everything, so it's just easily clickable. Um, and any resources you have. So, thanks again. Thank you. Much appreciated. Yep. All right, guys. And as always, we will talk with you next time. If you would like more information about us at Movement Performance and Rehab, more information on one of our guests or if you have a contact that would be a good guest for this podcast, please send us an email at info at mvmtgb.com. That's info at movementgb.com.